Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back to Believe in Everything Auburn. Taylor Davis, Jason Campbell here with you, as always, to talk some Auburn football. And we've got a good one for you today because we had a good game this past weekend, and that makes it easier for our episode purposes. So we are going to recap the big win down in the bayou for our Tigers and, of course, preview the large game ahead this week, a very tall task injured and hair facing uh, the Georgia Bulldogs and what a season they are off to. So it's going to be a tough matchup for sure. We're going to get you ready for that one. Lots to catch up on with my man, Jay Cam. But first, let's go ahead and hear from our sponsor. We're back and better than ever as all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. You can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. But make sure you use our promo code BELIEVE to receive the bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V. From football, basketball, boxing, to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So again, use our promo code believe B L E A V to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, party people. Well, let's go ahead and check in with my uh, party people. Oh. Quite a man around town these <laughs> days. Everybody else trying to steal him from me. Just got back from New York, doing a little studio shows. You're uh, you're in high demand, Jay. Hey, I'm not complaining though. You know, I just appreciate <laughs> the opportunity. I always look forward to doing the podcast with you, Taylor. Like hey. I get so many compliments about your performance and how well you know football so you know it it makes it very uh interesting and no matter how much i do or what i'm doing i'm always gonna make time for our podcast so i love it i'm here today fans and i tell you what party people (laughs) you know this past weekend that's what we could all pretty much say right now oh my gosh right what a what a great weekend and what a game uh what a game what a game i was 
it really lucked out. I know a lot of people were complaining about how late the kickoff was, especially my friends that are in Eastern time, but my Royals game was a six o'clock central time. And so I was able to watch majority of the game. So it actually benefited me that kick was at the time (laughs) that it was. So I got to watch majority of it and uh, boy, was I, jumping up and down and screaming it was a fantastic game to watch even when we were behind you never felt like we were so far out of it to where you were miserable while you were watching you know it was it was a very easy game to be engaged in and and invested in and uh obviously breaking that streak the unfortunate streak that we had not won in death valley since 1999 that finally is no longer the narrative around that matchup down in baton rouge but good gracious i mean so much to talk about in this one a lot of good um auburn pulls off the win in baton rouge 24 to 19 and lsu jumped out to a 13 nothing lead i mean this one was not in the bag at all really i mean it came down to the end when lsu was still driving because i felt like there was still a lot of time on the clock um but we overcame a nine point deficit we scored 14 unanswered points in the fourth quarter and so much of it credited to Bo nix 23 of 44 for 255 yards and a touchdown passing 74 rushing yards and a touchdown on the ground and uh those stats don't tell you how effective the guy was in evading pressure and scrambling. The very thing that we sometimes get mad at him for is the thing that won the game this year. Let's talk about how he did heading into this week. We weren't sure who was going to get the nod. TJ Finley, Bo Nix, they went with Bo. We did see TJ for a series, which I think was planned all along, but Bo did exactly what you challenged of him, Jason. It woke him up and lit a competitive fire under him. His entire demeanor was different on the sideline and on the field. And I really think, like we talked about last week, for a guy that's never really been contested for his starting spot, this lit him up in a way that I have not seen since he got here. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing I talked about last week was when we was having a podcast was it's all about how you're going to respond. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like, you know, you have to look at this not as a negative, but look at it in a way of saying, hey, you know, I just need to play better. I need to do better and challenge myself to do that. And I think he he did that this past weekend on the road and in a hostile environment. Like I said, LSU is one of the hardest places to win. Yeah. And I, tell, I told people, I said, we ever going to beat them in their stadium. This is the year to get them. I said, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're not as strong as they have been in the past, but they're still three and one football team and it's still a night game in LSU. And right. this is the time to try to, you know, rewrite the history books is to get them this year. And, you know, like I said, early in the game, it wasn't looking our way. You no know, things were going their way. But I'm finding out about our football team is that we're more of a second half football team. If you 100%. think about Georgia State game, we was the second half football team. Alabama State game, we was close at the halftime and then we was second half team. The Penn State game, we fought back in the second half and had a chance to win it down on a two-yard line and tie the game, maybe push overtime. So we are becoming a second half football team. So you can't ever count this team out. And one right. thing I say about Bo is he made a lot of plays on his own. Like the play where he scrambled around and hit the guy coming across the tight end for a touchdown, and he hit Shanker on another 
uh, scramble to the right, hit Schenker on a 20-some-yard gain. So mm-hmm. the tight ends are getting more involved with the offense, which is what has been missing over the years. And he's finding them even on scrambles. And usually those guys will be in, in, in blocking. And now they're released down the field, so it gives you a little bit more options to have someone to throw the ball to, especially right now with our receiving core still trying to come of age. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I credit him for hanging in there uh, showing some composure, some pause. The most important thing I was really impressed with him was how he supported his teammates, even when TJ went into, went into the game, that this time he wasn't standing alone. He was actually exactly. clapping and, like, rooting the guys on. And that feeds into your energy. So when his time came back to play, he wasn't sullen. He went out there and he he performed. And it mm-hmm. kind of motivated him. And uh, and sometimes you need just that little something to just wake you up and give you and, and get your attention span back right. where it needs to be. Because we all been there before in life where sometimes you can become too comfortable. You know, it can be in, in anything you do in life. And sometimes you have to become uncomfortable in order for in order to grow. And I feel right. like this is a game that he grew in. Now, my concerns are, aside from that, is why he had to create so many plays on his own for us to exactly. score points in the in the mood of football. Like, I'm mm-hmm. concerned with our passing game right now that we, do, we don't have a rhythm passing game where there's not a three-step drop ball out, one-step ball out, and, you know, play action pass, set my feet, find someone, ball out. It's almost right. like we have, to, we have to create on our own and make something happen, which what you can't do against really, really good defenses. LSU came in as the number one sack team defensively in the nation and our guys did a pretty good job against them but like I said a lot of that was because Bo eluded a lot of the pressure so mm-hmm. we're about to face a Georgia team here this week that I'm not mm-hmm. sure is going to allow him to do that because they know that's one of his strengths no. so they're going to try to take that away that's what they do defensively try to take what you do best away so are we going to be able to hold up up front are we going to be able to allow or is Bo going to be able to sit in the pocket and make progression reads because this week it's a different animal mm-hmm. Well, I also think that, yes, obviously there's a lack of harmony when it comes to the passing game. And look, there were still some drops. There were still some inaccurate throws from Bo Nix. Look, I was re-watching some film, and they obviously had to start a drive in our end zone, and Bo hit Sean out of the end zone, and it was low. It was at his knees. Like, had Sean not caught it, we would have ended up, which Sean Shivers had a fantastic game. I just want to give him and Jarquez Hunter so much credit they they ran freaking hard honestly like Mm -hmm. tank was kind of a non-factor in this one which well i think he's getting woke up too i I think think so too i I do i think jarquez and sean are taking advantage of the opportunities given to them but Bo can still be more accurate in his passing he's got a couple situations where guys are bailing him out and making him look better but Along with that lack of harmony in the passing game, I feel like the offensive line has regressed a little bit. Starting the season, I felt a lot better about how they were working as a unit. We had several veteran guys on the line. And this game, there were so many, like, inconsistencies offensive line-wise. Like, I I actually didn't think that Bo was escaping too soon. He really is, is doing a better job at not leaving until the pocket is straight up collapsing. And I do think there are opportunities where he still could step in or step up instead of out, but he he's relying on his legs and, and he feels like he can make something of it. I completely agree with you, though. 
there were so many times where he took off backwards again, like he does and was able to make something out of it. But I don't think that's going to be able to be the case against Georgia. You take off that far backwards. They've got better athletes up front than LSU does. They're going to make you pay and we're going to be set back 10 yards. So that cannot be the same approach that he takes with this game that he did last week, just because the different front he's going to be facing in Georgia. We're going to preview that one in just a minute. But for Bo, here's my thing. And it dawned on me while I was watching this game. The problem with Bo, because look, as soon as he was doing all these Houdini plays, we've seen it all over social media all week. Now he's, you know, Bo Dini. We get it. And it's awesome. And, and he's doing things that m- blow your mind, truly. Like you're looking at it going, how did he, he became a ghost for a second. Like they would touch him and he wouldn't go down. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was baffling. And, and that is why he's given the opportunity and the chances and he still has high praise and people still want to talk about his NFL future or his Heisman or what have you like because of when he pulls stuff off like that so you can't discredit that this kid has natural athletic ability and talent and and you give him that but the problem lies with this reality there is a difference between what Bo Nix can do and what Bo Nix will do Those are two different things. If he could blend those and have consistency in his game and his mentality when he's on the field, if that could combine, if what he can do becomes something that we know we can rely that he will do, this is QB1 until he leaves Auburn. And that conversation is not even up for debate anymore. The problem is you still don't know if that's what you're going to get from him. There are so many inconsistencies with his game. He's going to have these bright high moments, but then he's going to look like he did in Georgia State, and these coaches are going to have no option but to go with Finley. If he can sustain what his ability is, his God-given talent and ability match with the hard work he puts in, if that shows itself on the field in terms of play, attitude, team leadership if that shows up every week this guy is the real deal the problem is it doesn't show itself every week yeah you made some great points taylor like i said you you do you really do a great job i'll say this i just want the fans to, to hear me on this because you know i played at auburn i've been there been around the university for a long time we get so in up to almost we become un we become forgettable and mm-hmm. what I mean in the simple fact is up to this point, everyone's calling for TJ, TJ. And then all of a sudden Bo goes out and he uh-huh. has a game of his career. And now it's all of a sudden, you know, Bo's all everything and blase, blase. And I like to look at everything from a real standpoint. We have to make sure that everything stays even killed mm-hmm. because you don't want to get too high. You don't want to get too low. The good thing exactly. is he didn't get too low after a loss. I mean, after he got taken out against Georgia State. Now the thing is, let's not pub him up like he's been great all this year. And right. all of a sudden, you know, saying he's Heisman, Heisman guy. And then all of a sudden, you you put him on a pedestal. Like, no, we still have to realize what football is and realize the, the consistencies that we're still trying to find. Like, and my whole thing is, fan base, stop making – picks between him and TJ from a standpoint of you got to make one field down in order to build the other one up. Like we got to stop doing that because at the end of the day, these, both of these guys are on our football team. 
and we still have a long season left. Okay. And God forbid if one gets hurt and the other one has to play, but you done down the other one so bad to the point that he has to play, he has no confidence. And, right. and what I'm saying is, Bo was having a bad game against Georgia State. Probably looking like we was about to lose that game. Okay, TJ comes in the game, gives the team a spark, makes some incredible plays, and we win the football game. Okay, this week, TJ goes in the game the third series. He moves the team down the field. We get a knucklehead penalty, and uh, we get knocked out of field goal range 15 yards back. We end up punting the ball. Bo comes back in the game, and then all of a sudden, Bo starts to make some heroic-type plays. And then all of a sudden, everyone is like, oh, man, tell TJ, just get out of here. QB1 Bo is all his for the rest of his career. Like, what are we doing? Like, why would you down on TJ when last week you were just papping him on the back and pumping him up and everything? And and he helped us beat a team that shouldn't even been in the game with us, Georgia State. Like, could you imagine had we lost to Georgia State? And the fact that the kid came in the game, he fought hard for us. We won the game against Georgia State. Yes, Bo came out against LSU on the road, helped beat LSU. Now all of a sudden is let's get rid of one or the other and go here. No, guys, it's still a long football season left. And like I said, like if things – if if Bo progresses, great. If he has a part where he sputters again and TJ has to come in – like, okay, give the kid some confidence. Don't down right. him. I'll say you want to down him because Bo had a great game against LSU. Like, mm-hmm. don't down the other kid. Like, what are we doing? Like, you wasn't saying that last week. Right. So my whole thing is, fans, we got to understand, like, let's stop all this. Let's just try to find a way to support both of these guys because I'm going to be honest with you. We're going to need both of them this year. Yeah. Like, have you okay. seen our schedule yet? Like, <laughs> you're going to need both of them. Go ask some of these teams that – Go ask Georgia, was it a key for them to still have Bennett on the on the team this year? A hundred percent. You know, if Bennett was not – if Bennett would have listened to all the noise that Georgia fans were saying to him, he's not the guy to help us get here. He's not the guy to help us do that. All their ads and basket was on, was on the, uh, Daniels. Everybody, mm-hmm. all on Daniels. And then all of a sudden, JT Daniels is hurt, can't perform. Who's been in the game for them? Bennett. Yep. So had you yep. imagined if Bennett would have – left and went ghost because of all the stuff that they said, they would be in the uproar because they would be in there with a true freshman right now with a really solid, good defense and a team that can contend for a national championship. But because the quarterback position would have had no veteran experience, they'd have been back in at where they used to be. Mm-hmm. So we got to be careful on how we approach these. These are still 18 to 22-year-old kids. Yes, Bo right. learned a valuable lesson by being pulled by Harson. I think it was something that had to happen in order to yep. get him to see differently and see better, in order for him to grow like we talked about as a person and a player. And now let's mm-hmm. let's face it, don't down TJ Hyday. He don't have one series. <laughs> I was just like, but don't <laughs> down him. He just came in and helped you win against Georgia State. Right. So be happy for both of the guys and, and push mm-hmm. forward. Absolutely. And I think it's, gosh, it's so hard in college football. Like the players try so hard to stay even keel and not get too high or too low. And I think fans have a really hard time doing that, but you have to try and evaluate things for what they are and, and let the emotion and the dust kind of settle. And I do think that we do these kids a disservice sometimes, just like Bo. I mean, it was incredibly deserved, but every 
you know, television stage, I mean, like sports center, ESPN, every social media outlet, he's now Bodini and that (laughs) plays everywhere. (laughs) Bo magic, like Barstool's tweeting it, like all this hoopla after one stellar game, which like, don't, it is incredible what he was able to pull off. But like, if you evaluate that tape, there were still some things he needed to clean up. It wasn't a perfect game for him. And I also don't think that we can give so much of that when a week ago people were calling for his job. Like there's just such a, a roller coaster associated with it. And then you're surprised when the roller coaster is on the field as well. Like we have to just kind of let these things unfold heading into this season. We said like patience is going to be required in this I think that unfortunately people lack that patience because we've been with Bo for two years so everyone's just going to act on what he shows in that exact moment which is why I think if he could just blend what he can do and what he will do then I think this whiplash would be a little less you know jarring or prevalent at all But I agree with you. I think we are going to see both of them moving forward because I think as we saw, the passing game still is not Bo's strength, but the running game is not TJ's strength. Like TJ's a bigger body guy, but he's not as mobile as Bo is, but he's got a better accuracy. Like, so I think that we could utilize both of their skill sets and we very well should. Um, But I think that this at least solidified Bo being QB1 for now. We will see how things go, but I think everybody needs to kind of, chill out on how we either show up with pitchforks outside the kid's house or we want to, you know, put him on, you know, some chair and hoist him in the air. Like we, we've got to be somewhere in the middle and allow this thing to take shape. But, and for the offense as a whole, because there were still a couple drops, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, those wide receivers still need to clean that up. John Samuel Shanker had 102 receiving yards. I think that he's really coming into his own. We saw Fromm get in on the passing game as well. He had a couple targets. Love to see that. We're finally seeing the tight end, you know, be utilized in the passing game, which we've been calling for for a while. And uh, like I said, Jarquez Hunter, 65 yards on just six carries, which is a 10.8 average yards per carry. And he ran with intensity and he ran with – um, a vengeance. And that's what we always see from Sean Shivers as well. My guy just like lowers down, uses those legs and gets hard yards. It's not the, o- the obvious easy ones. Like sometimes there's not even a lane for him and they make something out of nothing. And it, it did, it, it overshadowed tank in this game, which I, I just didn't expect to see this year. I thought they would be a great supporting cast, but I didn't think they'd steal the spotlight from tank and look what's happening. But Talk to me a little bit about where you think the rush game is right now with all three of them. Obviously, this week wasn't Tank's most prominent, but I think it's better that we've got these guys that it's not going to be too much on any one. No, yeah, that's 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 exactly right. If I'm Tank as a competitor, yes, you want to do better than what you did last week, but overall picture is that you don't have to take so much of a boatload Exactly. And that you can share some of this load because you so you still got seven more regular season games left and beyond. So how do you get there and still be healthy? You know, a lot of the reasons a lot of injuries come up towards the end of the year is because guys are worn down. So he has to look at it as, okay, this is an opportunity for me not to be worn down and an opportunity for him to prolong his career here and at the next level because he's not taking so many hits so much. But this has got the light of fire up under him, though. I think that him looking at this now in his mind he got to be saying 
I got to do better because I got two guys that they're giving and they're all and they're pushing me. And it's time for me to step up even more now. Yes, I had a great game against Penn State. Yes, I had a great game against some of the other teams that everybody should have had great games against. Now, LSU, they pretty much was on him a little bit. You know, he didn't get a lot of touches. And I think a lot of that was because of what Hunter and what Shabbos was bringing to the table. And so he has to understand, like, hey, I got to I gotta step my game up. Just like Bo had to step his game up, Tank needs to step his game up now because especially this week, this is going to be a big week, a big defense, a strong defense. They pride themselves on trying to keep people out of the end zone. So we're going to have to come with our A game. And this is a game, if he's going to be the number one SEC running back, this is a game, and we got to see him come to tuition and tote them and carry and help carry this team because we know they can get out the passer on offense. We know that quarterback's going to be under the rest a little bit. We know that they got corners that can match up with our receivers. So where we can neutralize them at is trying to run the football. That's what we did in Penn State game. We neutralized their front seven by the way we ran the football, and he ran hard in that game. We're going to yeah. need to see that again from him this week. A hundred percent. I mean, look – this week is going to have to be the absolute best that we have shown all season. So a lot of the good that came out of this week, a lot of the good that came out of Penn State, we need all of that this week. And a lot of the flaws and struggles from Georgia State and what have you, those can't show themselves. Like there will be no margin for error this week because of how strong this Georgia defense is. So we're going to preview this one. But I do want to talk about the defense real quick this past week. What I think is – very evident is that Derek Mason is a halftime adjustment guy. Like mm -hmm. this defense comes into the second half with so much firepower and adjustments and makes them way more effective. I think he's one of the best at analyzing what's getting shown to you and, and what they're relying on, what's working in the first half. And this defense is doing a fantastic job of letting it all soak in at halftime and executing it in the second half. Like they are sponges of this guy. And I, I really see his imprint on them in terms of being a student of the game and being able to execute it in the second half. Um, the defense had three sacks and six quarterback hurries on Max Johnson, who was 26 of 46 for 325 yards. Now that's one thing. I think the passing defense has, has got to tighten up because like I told you last week in watching Max Johnson, when I had LSU two weeks ago, three weeks ago, he's a pass happy guy. I knew they were going to try and air it out. The LSU of old, who just was like downhill, run it straight down your throat, they can't run the ball for anything. Like their running backs combined for just 46 yards on 13 carries. That is not what you're used to seeing from an LSU team. But Max Johnson is, is a, a good passer, so they've relied on that, and he was still able to accumulate 325 yards through the air. Now, Kayshawn Butte, one of the best wide receivers in college football, he's a tough matchup for anybody, but – I think this pass defense can tighten up. I, I was happy to see six QB hurries and three sacks because you've got to affect these guys that are under center in the SEC. There's just no way about it. But I do really think that they're doing a great job of coming out in the second half with a different level of energy. That's a lot. I mean, they did a great job in Penn state with that as well. And obviously Georgia state, it made a huge difference. Now, two big things though, we're still without Owen Papo and we know how big of a difference maker this guy is. If we're without him again this week, that is very unfortunate. 
T.D. Moultrie was also out this week, and an article came out today saying that his status is uncertain this week, and they are saying that it is a compliance matter that hasn't been resolved. Hmm. It's not a disciplinary issue. Apparently, he's never gotten in any trouble. He's great with that, and it's also not an injury. So I'm not sure what a compliance matter is. I don't really know what that means. Even missing Saturday's game against LSU, he's fourth on the team with 23 tackles. He leads with six tackles for loss, and he shares the team lead with three sacks. And he didn't even have this game to add numbers to. So missing him is a very prominent figure. Missing Owen is, you know, a, a big impact. And yet this defense was able to shut down and affect LSU more in the second half. But uh, give me your overall impressions of how this defense is evolving and developing and still what we need to see, especially as we face more prolific offenses this season. Yeah, I would say this. I would say, like you said, by Darren Mason, he is definitely a really good halftime adjuster. That's what good coaches do. They adjust at halftime because a lot of the first half is – Teams going to take their best shots at you. They're going to have their best play designs, and they want to hit you early and because they know you're going to make some halftime adjustments. And it, it, the one thing I've heard him say a lot is he doesn't do a lot of things differently. He said he just makes guys play their position a lot better in the second half. And, mm-hmm. and that way it keeps guys from thinking so much. You know, you're not changing the whole scheme up the – try to do this or that. He's making guys play their position better in the second half. And that's the difference between him being energetic and being someone that the guys trust in. When he says something, they believe it. They don't come out there and say, well, coach, you got to change this because this ain't working. No, he gets in their grill and he tells them, no, you need to do your job better. Like you're getting whipped at the point of attack. You need to do your, you need to get awful blocks and make tackles. And that's what our team did in the second half. And when you think about, you know, missing Walker and missing Moultrie this game, like, and missing Owen. Like, if you hear that going into this game, you're like, what? Like, I feel like we was already a better team than LSU is here. But when I saw yeah. us missing those three guys heading into the game right before the game started, I'm like, oh, my goodness, we may be in trouble. Because right. those are three guys you just can't – you can't have them not out there. And the fact that, you know, they wasn't out there and our team responded, guys played their butts off, McLean again playing his butt off. Uh, you had Hall played his tail off. You know, you had a lot of guys that were just contributing. And, uh, yeah. and and I just think that just speaks volume for this defense. And like I said, are we still giving up too much in some of the passing game? Yes, we are. You know, yeah. we got caught with a blitz early in the game. They hit a slant play. We got them backed up and, and Boutte runs down the sideline for about 60 yards. You know, that can't happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, we got to do better there. But at the same time, though, if you know there's a guy going to be blitzing like that, sometimes we got to get up in his face. But I will say this. If we can get Walker back this week, Moultrie, hopefully, hopefully, we're not sure. When it comes to compliance stuff, that stuff can last weeks. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just unfortunate because we need him right now at the critical part of our, our season. You know, you got Georgia, Arkansas, Ole Miss, three tough games coming up, and we need it all hands on deck. And when I think about what Owen can add to this defense, if you don't think you missed Owen last two weeks ago against Georgia State when him and McLean was out, mm-hmm. McLean came back in and one person made a difference. And then last week, McLean still been in our help makes a difference. Against Georgia, we need Owen and McLean at that linebacker position. And uh, and we need Walker back to play this game. So hopefully, you know, if we were out Moultrie, you know, do what we got to do. But having Walker back adds a whole nother benefit. And I think Tony Fair – 
he's a big guy. This is a game for him. Like he's a big guy. He's going to have to be a hole stopper and, uh, and everything. So, but from a defensive standpoint, I like what we do in the second half. I just wish we don't give up too much in the first half because sometimes it can bite you in the butt. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. If the deficit gets too big, I mean, there's only so much you can do moving forward, but uh, they're going to need all hands on deck for this week for the 126th edition of the Deep South's oldest rivalry still feels weird that it happens in October. <laughs> I, I still am like, wait a minute, this is, it's not time for this yet, but nonetheless, Georgia comes to town, the number two team in the country following their 37 to nothing shutout of Arkansas this week. And boy, if you want to talk about home field advantage, they created it in Athens this weekend. It was loud as frick. I could barely hear them talking on the broadcast. So Jordan Hare needs to be like that. We need to make it tough for them. We It certainly has an effect on the game, especially coming off of last season where nobody had to deal with it as much. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's shocking again. And obviously for Auburn, like we've handled it well going to Penn state, even though it was a loss, we showed a very, you know, good football game. And then LSU, we walk away with the win. So let's make it hard on Georgia by making Jordan Hare a very toxic environment for them. That's what I want to see. Jordan Hare needs to be a jungle on Saturday because I'm telling you, like you said, we're used to the time being unchanged already and it's Uh dark by halftime in this game and the crowd noise gets even louder. Mm -hmm. But because we're playing them earlier now, Mm -hmm. we need everybody to come in that thing and we need it to be like a jungle and and everything. And we need to make sure on special teams, we don't do what Arkansas did. Arkansas gave up too many points on, on special teams and We've been strong this year on special teams. So that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, that'll that be a big part. Well, and the thing with Georgia is like, you cannot give them anything easy. Like, they're already doing an effective job with the tough things. You can't mm-hmm. help them. Their defense allowed just 156 total yards against Arkansas this week through five games. Georgia's defense is on pace to be one of the best in college football history. They've allowed just one offensive touchdown to nine takeaways. They lead the country in most major categories on defense, including yards per game, yards per play, points per game, and red zone touchdown rate, which is 0%. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) They have some stud athletes on that side of the ball. And, I mean, if – this offense is going to pull anything off. Uh, they're going to have to play a near-perfect game because this defense is stout. I mean, last year we well, had a hard time doing anything against that defense, and they're better this year. Well, I say this. This just may be a defensive slugfest because I feel like be. our defense I feel like our defense can get after their offense. Their offense is not all that good. Like, mm-hmm. let's just – I'm going to be honest because I well, watched them play against – look what they did against, against Clemson. Right. As I, as I was about to say, watched them against Clemson. Like, they barely could even score. Right. So I feel like our defense can really hold them as well. And this may be a low score and knockout juggernaut where it takes four quarters. So fans be easy if things aren't going our way early in the game offensively or whatever, and because our defense can be giving them the same thing. And it just may be one of these old school fashion type football games. And right. Every now and then that's exciting. It's exciting to see a really good yeah. defensive game sometimes on both sides. So yeah, I, I would just say, you know, just for us, be ready to expect anything because yeah. when you're amped up 
you're all excited. What happens early in games? Big play opportunity, trick plays. So yeah. you have to be ready and have your ears alert, even though you're jacked up and you're pumped up. And this is a game that Coach Harson. This may be he may have thought the Penn State game was a really good atmosphere. He's in his first year, he's had some really good atmosphere games. Like he went to Penn State, he went mm-hmm. to LSU, and now he gets to host Georgia in his backyard. We hadn't got to the Iron Bowl yet, and he gets mm-hmm. to host Georgia in his backyard. So I'm pretty sure he's like, man, this is exactly why I left Boise to be able to compete and play in atmospheres, coaching atmospheres like this. It doesn't get any better than this. So I'm pretty sure he doesn't have to say much to his team this week to get excited. These guys should already be having hair standing up on their arms, pumped up, get a chance to knock off the number two team in the nation in your backyard, which Auburn has done really well in, in our home stadium. You think back Mm -hmm. to 2017, we knocked off Georgia and Bama, both ranked one and two at that time. So You know, let's do it again, and we can. It's just about these guys competing. What do you think this offense needs to rely on and execute well against this Georgia defense? From what you've seen, the way they shut down Arkansas, mm-hmm. I mean, like, what what can our offense do that you think might actually catch them slipping? Well, one thing I would say this is, you know, for us, us trying to – beat them down the field. We just got to stay in third and short manageable down. So what I mean by that, we got to stay in like third and three or third and three or four or less. Like you can't be in third and six and plus against a defense like this. Like you just can't do it. Like you got to stay in a position where you can still use RPOs and keep them off balance because they get you in a third or six or more. They just going to pin their ears back and clamp down on you on the defense and just come after you. So we, we got to make sure we stay in, in shorter management down. Now, where you can hit them at if we run the ball good early in the game is you can hit them on hard play action mm-hmm. because – they know Bo loves to run. They know we have a strong run game. And, you know, you can utilize that. That's where our speed comes into play. We haven't seen much Mark Javaris Johnson since week one. And, yeah. you know, this may be a game that we can utilize his speed to try to get behind some guys because if they're going to be focused on the run, you can utilize that. And, you know, even Demetrius Robertson, like, yeah, this is a game we need to utilize our speed guys on crossers and, and trying to go over the top and take our shots. You may get P.I. calls. Who knows? But you have to take them. But my thing about the receiving core right now is I think we rotate too many guys. I'm just going to be honest. Like, it's okay. just hard to find a rhythm uh, when you're rotating so many guys. I, agree. I, I thought this week we didn't rotate as much as we have in the past. But we got to find three or four guys that no matter what the down is, they can be relied on. Yeah. And then you have the other two guys that comes in off the bench to relieve someone if they're just all tired, but you can't satisfy everybody. I feel like we're trying to satisfy all these guys by getting playing time, putting them in position. Look, I'm about winning games. And look, if you want to be satisfied, beat the next man out. Right. Like, you know, that's the only way you're going to get to that next level because you can't you can't just keep rotating so much. We're about to hit the middle part of our season. We've got to find out who are our best guys and let's roll with them. Yeah, 100 percent. They have to have the opportunity to build that relationship with the QB as well. I think this week, once again, like the tight ends in the passing game are going to have to step up because and and they've done a great job of it so far. I'm not knocking Mm -hmm. them at all, but I think that's something that this offense is going to have to do a lot because of the size and the speed that we're going to be dealing with, even this defensive front, like they get their hands up, they swat down passes. Like I think having our tight ends as, as the receiving targets will be more effective against this defense. I did want to ask you though, you mentioned trick plays. 
not that it's necessarily a trick play, but what, what were your thoughts on starting the second half with an onside kick? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. A bit you aggressive, know, a bit aggressive, yeah. uh, you know, uh, a little, odd. <laughs> yeah, a, little a bit aggressive. Um, you know, I understand against a team that's a high score in offense or something, you feel like you can't keep up and you got to try to find a way to, to steal a possession. Um, but in that case, you know, I didn't think LSU was like that on offense where we feel like we had the onside kick to try to steal a possession. But I think that's just Coach Harson saying, look, I'm giving y'all my all this game. We're going for it. And I think yeah. he's, I think it was more so of him trying to send the message that he wasn't going to hold back, that he was going to let it all out. And, um, and I think that's the message he's been trying to send to everybody this whole season. That, yeah. And so I think he's showing his coaching staff and everybody like, Hey, we just going to go for it guys. We're going to leave it all out there. Like, you know, so I think that's, I think it was more of a message than it was of just trying to steal a possession. Got it. Yeah, I thought it was weird. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> We're doing this now? Um, okay, so give me – I know this is going to be tough. Give me your prediction this week. Maybe not win, loss, or score, but who you need to have a solid game, who you anticipate will have a solid game, just given the way things have gone, um, and maybe some things that you're – keeping in mind with Georgia as well, lest we not forget, like, I don't know who's going to play quarterback. Stetson Bennett ended up playing this week because JT Daniels is dealing with some lat issue. It wasn't announced until pregame, though, that he wasn't going to go. He went out and tried to throw during warmups and clearly was in pain. So I'm not sure which QB we're going to see either, which, you know, poses an issue for our defense as well. I'll say this, if he had a lack issue, well, not no if, he did. So, the fact that he couldn't throw last week in pregame to play, I doubt he plays you this week. You don't see him this week. You know, yeah. like, that's, like, that's something tough. Like, if right. that's if he couldn't throw in pregame and all of a sudden this week, something magical that's just going to happen, like, mm-hmm. that's that's a, a nagging injury. And you're talking about in a throwing motion where you're talking about if he was to throw and he gets caught with his arms up and his body is just exposed – you know, like that could be even worse. So I think from a health standpoint, he's probably not going to play this week. Um, I would go in this thing expecting Bennett. And truth be told, like Bennett is the more athletic quarterback of the two anyways. So Mm -hmm. Auburn has to prepare a little bit harder for Bennett than they would have for JT Daniels anyways. Um, Going back to what your question was, like who do I expect this week? Offensively, I would say Tank and Hudson have got to be big for us. And yeah, I like what agreed. you said about the tight ends. Like, that helps out. But I feel like Hudson is going to have to win some one-on-one matchups. And uh, I feel like Tank is going to have to be Tank this week. I, right. I really feel like that. And because Hunter is going to give him that number two punch. He's going to give mm-hmm. him that. Shiver's going to come in on third downs. He's going to give everything he got on third downs. And like you said – his catches last week got the bad feel that you mentioned earlier was huge. I, I don't yep. think people can realize like just catching a swing pass, but making those first downs help us win the game as well. And uh, so let's just, I would say defensively smoke Monday has got to have a big game because mm, like they're going to, they're, they're going to try to come at him in the passing game. Uh, you know, we understand he's a big hitter. We understand he likes to get hands on the balls, but sometimes he can get lost in space and coverage. And I think this is a game that he's going to have to come up really big and uh, and everything. So I, I just feel like if him and if I had to name one more on defense that can come up big, it would have to be Hall. 
I would say yeah. he's going to have to really get some pressure on the quarterback and, and make Bennett or JT Daniels have to get rid of the ball a little bit earlier than they, than they want so their DBs can have an opportunity to get some hands on the balls or yeah. they don't have an opportunity to let those receivers that they got find ways to get open. Because even without Pickens, this is still a very good receiving core. Yeah. 100%. And especially if we don't have TD Moultrie. But yes, I would agree. Looking forward to seeing all of it. It's always such an exciting game. Obviously, we are major underdogs in this one, but that happens a lot with Auburn football. And sometimes we rise to the occasion. So hopefully, that is what happens this week. I will say this Demetrius Robertson, going yeah, back against facing his, his old, old team. team. Um, we need him to have a big game in special teams. Uh, you know, if he's in punt return, field position is going to be very huge for us this week. And I think yeah, Carson's, I, I think Carson is going to be having to attempt some long field goals. And so yeah. we're going to need him to be really clutch this week because you may not get to the red zone and score a lot of time. You may be kicking some a couple 40-some yard field goals. So That's true. He could be our X factor. And our difference maker, that is a very, very good point because, like we said, if this one – you know, is a defensive slugfest. Special teams are really going to have a, a huge impact on it. You're absolutely right. But it'll certainly be exciting. A CBS game in Jordan-Hare and the Deep South's oldest rivalry is always electric. So I expect nothing less this week and uh, look forward to seeing all the action. So that is going to do it this week on Believe in Everything Auburn. As always, we thank you so much for listening and following along and subscribe to our podcast if you have not already. You'll get a notification every time we release an episode. So everyone, enjoy this week. Enjoy the big game. And uh, we'll talk next week to recap it all. So until then, War Eagle. Peace. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.